Welcome to the Central Live Podcast with Pastor Jim Caldwell. At Central Baptist Church in Phoenix City, Alabama, it's our mission to make disciples who make disciples. Let's join Pastor Jim as he shares today's message. So the message series that I'm in, I tell you what, it really hit at a good time here. Being the church during difficult days. How do we be the church during days uh, like right now? Things that are going on right now. Um, Servants. As followers of Jesus, we're called to be servants, not celebrities. We're not... Not rock stars, not celebrities. We're called to be servants. And Jesus was the chief example of being that kind of servant. Which means we're not the shot callers in our lives. If you have a relationship with God through Jesus, uh, he's the one that's in control. We're, We're no longer to be in control. So many times I think we don't get it. I, th- I think we, we just go about our lives trying to do the best we can, hoping things turn out well, instead of seeking Him first to allow Him to call the shots, to allow Him to show us His direction. Uh, I think we miss so many opportunities by following our own stuff, by doing our own thing. So we're about to look at Acts chapter 6 here in just a couple of minutes. And, and I want us to think about being a servant. First thing you have to ask is, am I a follower of Jesus? Uh, Because that's the first step in it. Am I a follower of Jesus? Do I have that relationship with Him? Um, You have to have a relationship with God through Jesus in order to to understand what we're trying to talk about today. And so I want to encourage you, if you're here or you're online and you don't have a relationship with God through Jesus, It is the greatest thing that could ever happen to you. Because even in the midst of what's going on right now, even in the midst of it, you can have peace. And it only comes from that relationship with God. That's the only way to have peace in the midst of just unbelievable turmoil. And so I I encourage you, if you don't know Christ, if you've never come into that relationship, at the end of the gathering today, we're going we're gonna to have a time of, of surrender, a time of commitment, and you can, you'll be able to publicly commit your life over to Jesus Christ, to ask Him to forgive you of your sins, to come into your life and be your life as you recognize that He was raised from the dead so that you could have life. Man, that is, that is the good news in a nutshell. So I want, us, I want us to think about this idea of being a servant. What does being a servant of Jesus look like in my life? And the second thing, am I a faithful one? Am I a faithful servant? Am I faithful to Him? So today we're going to talk about servanthood, and that's our responsibility as followers of Christ. So I want us to begin in Acts chapter 6, verse 1. It'll be on the screen, but you can turn there if you'd rather uh, look at it yourself. That's fine. Uh, Acts 6, 1 says, Now... At the time, while the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint arose on the part of the Hellenistic Jews against the native Hebrews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily serving of food. 
Okay, so we start out, there's these two different groups of people, okay? There's Hellenistic Jews that were Jews that spoke the Greek language was their normal language of use. And then there were the, the uh, Hebraic Jews, who they, their main language was Hebrew. So they had two different languages, okay, that were going on. And where language is different, have y'all ever noticed, there's cultural differences as well, right? Uh, when you speak a different language, some things are communicated differently or done differently, uh, having different languages puts you uh, at, at, at odds. There's differences. So even if this was just an administrative problem, the Hellenistic Jews not, not getting enough food, can I tell you, they were feeling the sting of prejudice. Because they were feeling this sting of prejudice because the Hebraic Jews, their widows were getting all the food. And it was, everything seemed to be good with them. Everything was fine with them, but they weren't getting the food that, that they were supposed to get, their daily allotment that they were supposed to have. See, this was the early church. This was the church just beginning. I mean, this is, you know, almost 2,000 years ago that this was happening. And you know what? Prejudice isn't supposed to happen in the church. Do you know that? Now, can I tell you, I'm I'm just being real with you, okay? In the world, people who don't have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, it's normal for them to do wrong things. That's just normal. But if you have a relationship with God through Jesus, that's not normal. That's wrong. It's called sin. And as, as we see, as we continue, the early church had a problem, didn't they? I mean, they didn't come out and say, okay, it's a racial problem, all this, but that's what it was. It, it was a cultural racial prejudice against these Greek-speaking Jews. Because, see, the Greek-speaking Jews at the time, they, they really didn't feel like they were part of the Jewish family. They were kind of ostracized. They were, they were kept apart. And so we as the church, we've got to deal with the problem of racism, of prejudice against people for any reason. Now, I, I want you to get me straight here, okay? I'm not talking about overlooking sin or uh, you know, doing what you want to do and everybody's okay and there, there's no such thing as sin. I'm not talking about that. What I am talking about is that we are to treat every human being with respect and honor. And, and every person that you go outside these walls and you lock eyes with, can I tell you, they matter to God just as much as you do. Just as much. And, and we have to recognize that and act like it. Now, can I tell you also, we've kind of, we've kind of laughed it off maybe in the church. Oh, that's just the way they are. Oh, this is just such and such. Y'all, we can't do that anymore. We got to call it out. Just, you know, we'll call out adultery in somebody's life, won't we? I mean, we're quick to go call out adultery, something that's very visible like that. 
Well, can I tell you, prejudice and racism is very visual. It's very easy to see. And we've got to call it out in the church. Because I'm going to tell you, it has to start in the church. This, this isn't going to, can I tell you, there's no law we're going to pass that's going to make everything all right. It's got to change. Change comes from within the church. We, we've got to be revived. We've got to deal with the sin problem. We've got to deal with the things that are going on. See, the early church had a problem. What did they do? Well, we're going to talk about it here in, in just a minute, but they dealt with it. They dealt with it. See, here's the deal. Sin, race, racism, and prejudice, it's a sin problem. It's a sin problem because what it's saying is I'm better than whoever the person I'm being prejudiced toward is. I'm better. I'm I'm more of a person than they are. And that's just not true. God, God does not look at things that way. And can I tell you the only real fix is Jesus. It's the only fix. It's the only fix for any sin problem, right? It's Jesus. Hey, we, uh, I, I'm thankful to D.D. Gresham and, and Jeremy Head, D.D.'s uh, idea, and Jeremy kind of put it in flesh. We, we put out a nine-minute prayer video uh, yesterday. If you hadn't seen it, I encourage you to go, go find it. It's just a, a guided prayer, a nine-minute time of guided prayer, just to, just to pray. Uh, are you up to praying for nine minutes? Uh, we got five five. Uh, things that we talk about just to guide you through the nine minutes of prayer. I encourage you, go, go to our Facebook page. It's Central Baptist PC is the one, facebook.com slash Central Baptist PC. And look, watch this video. Just pray. Use it as a prayer tool. Use it as a prayer guide. And then I want to encourage you to share it and like it. Comment on it. Let, let's, let's let it go out because I'm going to tell you, prayer is what's going to do some healing in our country and in our churches. Y'all, we need it in the church. We need this healing in the church. No doubt about it. 1 John 4.20 says this, If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. <laughs> That's pretty strong, isn't it? If somebody says they love God and hate, hate their brother, he's a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. What do you think that says? See, I, I'm just going to tell you, racism is hate. It's hate toward people because of what they look like. That's not acceptable in the kingdom of God. It's not acceptable in the kingdom of God. So you can't love God and hate your brother or sister in Christ. You can't. So where does racism fit in? It's a sin. It's got to be dealt with. But you have to recognize it. It, You have to recognize it. And, And again, I say the the fight, this, this battle has to start in the church. It, it, it can't, there's no law going to fix it. Nothing else going to fix it. It's got to happen in hearts and in lives in the church, and then we take it out. Because the love of Jesus, when he comes out of us, it, he loves everybody. He's going to love everyone well. See, it, it's time for the church to step up and be on the right side of this issue. It's time for us to step up. 
We can't sit on the sideline and wink at, at racism in our churches and the things that are going on. We, we just can't. So the problem in the early church, this first, one of the first problems we see here in the early church, it, it started with racism. And the early church dealt with the problem by sending their best people to work on it. And, and we're going to talk about that now. Look at Acts chapter 6, verses 2 through 6. It says, So the twelve summoned the congregation of the disciples and said, It's not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. Therefore, brethren, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we may put in charge of this task. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. In the statement found approval with the whole congregation, they chose Stephen, a man of faith in the Holy Spirit, Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch. And these they brought before the apostles, and after praying, they laid their hands on them. See, the early church was having some problems, so what did they do? They picked uh, seven of their godliest men to go and to, to take care of the problem. I mean, they didn't even have to address whether it was a sin or not, did they? They didn't even have to go to the point of saying, was this wrong? No, everybody knew. These people weren't being taken care of. We're all one in God's eyes. We got to take care of them. And so whether it was an administrative problem or not, it doesn't matter. We, we got to make sure everybody's taken care of. Does that make sense? That makes sense. So they appointed the seven. These seven were the first deacons. How many deacons do I have in here that are deacons? Okay. All right. I, I've got a lot of my deacons here. That's good. I'm glad to see you guys. Glad y'all are here today. Uh, the early deacons, the, the Greek word used here is diakonon or diakonos, and, and it's the word that we get deacon from. And so from this point on, deacon was an office in the church. Okay, deacon was an office in the church. Uh, can I tell you, the deacons were never meant to be the overseers of the church. They were meant to be servants. Uh, the word means, actually means servant. Uh, they were to be servant leaders, and they're there to lead by the example of, of sharing. They're, they're to lead by example. Can I tell you guys, we're blessed. We got a group of deacons that set the example. They set the example. They are out there serving, and uh, I'm so grateful. Thank you, Rod and Tim and all, all the deacons that are here. I appreciate y'all so, so much. But here's my question, okay? You ready? Are the deacons the only one called to serve? All right, I need to hear this out loud. No. I'm glad y'all see that. Right, let me ask one more question. Is the, is the pastoral staff, the church staff, the only ones called to serve? Oh, y'all are getting good at this. All right. That's awesome. So, um, we're all called to serve. Every single believer in Christ, follower of Christ, that is who we are from the deepest in, innermost part of us. His spirit is connected with our spirit. We're to live his life through us, through our personality, through who we are. Our life is to go be an influence in the world, to serve others, to love others well. No matter whether they're believers or not, it doesn't matter. We're to love people 
and care for people. And, and, and God wants to use us to draw people to himself. He wants to use you. But, but it's not going to take a bunch of celebrities. It's going to take a bunch of servants to do it. It's going to take a bunch of servants to do it. I want you to turn with me over to Mark chapter 10 for just a minute. We're going to take a little detour out of Acts. Mark chapter 10 verse 35 says this, James and John, the two sons of Zebedee, came up to Jesus saying, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. Oh man, doesn't that sound a lot like you and me? All right, Jesus, I want you to do whatever I ask of you. Would you, would you do that? You know, I'm really, you know, things aren't going so great for me. I really, I need this and this and this. Isn't that the way we come to him sometimes? Just, just kind of, you know, Jesus, you know, what, what do you want me to do for you? You know, what, what can you do for me? I want you to do whatever I ask. Oh. See, I, I, I think the American culture has crept into our churches over the last hundred years. And it's become this thing that it's more of a, a, a spectator sport and what I can get out of it rather than what God wants to do in and through me. It's more about, you know, do I like the band? Do I like the preaching? Do I like this? Am I getting fed? Is this happening? Is that happening? You know, none of, that's all incidental, y'all. That's all incidental stuff, and we base our whole, what we're going to do in our life and where we're going to go to church on, on feelings and how people sound and stuff like that. That's, that's not the way it works. We're, we're here to be servants. Let, let's see how Jesus addresses them. They want what they want, right? Hey, we want you to do something for us here, whatever we ask. 1036 says, and he said to them, what do you want me to do for you? Okay, so Jesus is kind of going along. All right, what you want me to do? Look in verse 37. They said to him, grant that we may sit one on your right and one on your left in your glory. But Jesus said to them, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism which I am baptized? And they said to him, we are able. And Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you shall drink and you shall be baptized with the baptism with which I'm baptized. But to sit on my right or my left, this is not mine to give, but it is for those whom it has been prepared. Hearing this, the ten began to feel indignant with James and John. Calling them to himself, Jesus said to them, you know that those who are recognized as rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. See, here's the deal. James and John... They wanted to be on either side of Jesus. They wanted the power, okay? They wanted to be like the number two guy. Okay, Jesus, we know you're the main one, but we want to be right here, okay? We, we want, you know, we, hey, we've been good disciples. We, we want to be number one. We want to be on top. Hey, what do you think? It said uh, in verse 41, the 10 began feeling indignant with James and John. How would you have felt if you were one of the other disciples? Hey, man. I want to be that too. I want, I want that for myself. That's what I want. I want to be a Jesus rider is left. I want, to, I want to have the power. Doesn't that sound a lot like us? I want what I want. I want my stuff. 
I want what I think's right. I want God to move in the way I want Him to move. Mark 10, 43 says this, but it is not this way among you. See, he's talking about among people in the kingdom of God. This is not the way it is. Among believers in Jesus Christ. But whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. You want to be great? Go serve. Go serve people. Go love people. You know, it's easy to love people that are just like us. It's not as easy to love people that aren't like us. It's not, it's not as easy to love people that, you know, don't have the same opinion about things that we do. It's not easy to love people who care about things that we don't care about. But you know what? That's what God's called us to do. He's called us to serve. We're here to be servants. Again, in God's kingdom, we're called to be servants, not celebrities, not rock stars. See, James and John were looking for stardom. And Jesus said, you want to be a star, be a servant. Be a servant. The same's true for us today. You know that? Nothing's changed. We're here carrying out the mission of Jesus. That's why the church exists. We're here carrying out His mission. And the only way to carry out His mission is in His power. And in His power, He says, serve people. He didn't say, Lord, it over me. He says, serve people. Go serve. Go help people. Mark 10, 44 says, And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be slave of all. Want to be great in God's kingdom? Serve others. Serve people. Love people. Care about people. In serving others, you serve the Lord. See, that sometimes we don't, we don't get that. It doesn't make the connection in our brain that, that when we're serving other people, people that aren't like it, when we're serving his name is going out. He's being glorified. He's being lifted up. In fact, this verse says we're to be a slave of all. Now, the word slave in our culture does not have good connotations, does it? We came out of a little war called the Civil War back in the 1800s. You remember that? Or I remember it, but y'all aren't old enough. But uh, the Civil War happened. And it was because of slavery. And the word slave here in the Greek is the word doulos. And doulos is a bondservant or a slave. Now, a bondservant, see, we have to look back at the culture of the time. In the culture of the time, they had slavery. That was just the way it was. It wasn't a particular color people. Uh, bad things happened to you. A lot of times you would end up being a slave. And what would happen is, as with anything, some slave owners were very generous and nice, and some were very cruel and mean. And if you got one of those generous and nice slave owners, well, they had to free you after a certain amount of time. And when your time came to be freed, if you wanted to stay with that master... Because they treated you right, and you, you're like a part of their family. You could choose to do that. And that's what's called a bond servant. That, that's what the word doulos means. It's someone who desires to be under the authority of someone. See, we, we make a choice when we come to Jesus in salvation to be his doulos, to be his slave. 
That's a, that's a choice that we make. A choice to be His servant and not on our own path, but on, on His path. See, when, when we came to know Jesus, we became a servant in His kingdom. Well, we're on His mission. And He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the one in charge. And when we recognize that and live out of that and become His servant and, and, and look for what He's doing and, and pour into people, love people. I'm going to tell you, I, I love our mayor. Uh, I, I don't care what you think about his politics. The, the man is a, is a godly man. I meet with him every week and pray. I've heard his heart for years, for almost, for over four years now. And, and politics doesn't matter to me in this. He, he loves Jesus. And this is what he always says. And it, it's always struck me. He says, I love people. I just love people. And, and he doesn't mean that in a, in a to get votes kind of thing. He goes and shows it everywhere he goes that he loves people. Because I, you know, I see Jesus coming out of him when he loves people. Because can I tell you? He doesn't always get treated right. He doesn't always get treated with respect. And you know what I see in and out every time? He loves people. And, and he lets a lot of stuff slide that I don't know if I could. But we're serving a God that loves people, everybody. Anyone you lock eyes with, he loves them just as much as he loves you. And he died for them just like he died for you. Look at verse 45, Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for men. See, Jesus' mission is to be carried on through us, through us right now. If he was a servant, what do you think we're supposed to do? Come on. If, if he's a servant, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to serve. We're supposed to be out serving and loving people so much that it changes the world that we get opportunities to share the good news of what Jesus has done for us. People want to hear the good news from us because they see our lives. They see that we love people more than, more than they do because we've got the love of God inside of us, pouring out of us, showing people that there's something different about this Jesus. There's something different. There's something different about this believer because you, you see them, they're, they're just different. That's what we're supposed to be doing. If, if Jesus was a servant, we're to be servants. And can I tell you, serving in God's kingdom gets messy. It's not clean and easy. Um, real ministry is messy. You all know why? Because people are messy. You know... It's easy to come to church and put a mask on, right? Any of y'all ever worn a mask at church? No, I, I have. Come on. See, see, wearing that mask, you, you come and you shake everybody's hand or you elbow punch or you wave, whatever you do right now. Uh, you come and, and you, you do that and you act like, you can act like there's not a problem in your life in the world. 
you can smile and put on that happy face and just look like, wow, I wish my life was like his. It's kind of like Facebook. Very few people put their worst on Facebook, right? You, you, always, you always Instagram, you get the best of what's going on. It's not always like it appears, is it? But this is what I know. We live in a real world with real problems. I know I have problems. Do y'all have problems? All God's children have problems. Uh, we do. And things aren't always smiles and hugs and, you know, happy. And when we finally decide, you know what? Maybe I can just be real with my brothers and sisters. Maybe I can just be real with them and tell them how much I'm struggling. Tell them how hard life is right now. You know what? I think if we did that, and if we all came together and we really started doing that, I think we'd heal a lot faster. I think we grow a lot more as believers because as long as we're sitting here and we're going to put a bubble around us and say, you know, everything's fine, I'm just going to tell you, there's nobody that everything's perfect in your life. There's just not. In this world, you will have trials. Jesus said that. I believe what he said. Do y'all believe what Jesus says? He said, in this world, you will have trials. He also said, you're going to be persecuted while you're here. It's not always going to be an easy thing. So serving's messy. We're messy people. Hey, people who don't have a relationship with God through Jesus, it's even messier. There's all kinds of things that we can't even imagine that people are dealing with that we need to be there for them. So let me ask you a question as we're closing here today. Are you ready to get your hands dirty? Because that's what God's calling us to, y'all. That's what God's calling this church to. He's calling us to get our hands dirty, to go out and love people who, who maybe aren't like us. I'll tell you, he, he, on my heart, man, there, there's two things that are just on my heart so, so much right now. And, and I've been praying through for a long time. One, we, we have a homeless ministry. Our homeless ministry meets once a month. In fact, Saturday coming up, 10 o'clock, we're going to meet and go out and love on people. I want to encourage you to come be a part of it. We're going to go out and love on our, our homeless uh, friends. And God has blessed that ministry so much. And you know what? It's messy. It's not clean. It's not sanitized. It's It's messy. And then the second thing that God has really put on my heart is this neighborhood that we're in. We, we, we're, we're doing some prayer walking right now. We're, God wants us to reach the people right around us right here. Do y'all believe that? Anybody believe that besides me? See, God wants us to have an impact where we are. See, he would have taken us to the north side of town a long time ago if he wanted us over there. He wants us right here, right here on this hill in the middle of the city to, to share Jesus with the people that are around us. And you know what? Most of them don't look like us. Most of them don't act like us. And you know what? It's messy. 
But that's what God's calling us to do. Are you ready to get messy with me? You ready to get dirty? Are you in? Well, everybody has to decide that. Everybody has to decide for themselves what they're going to do. Am I going to be a part of what Jesus is trying to do? Or am I just going to go about my business, do what I've always done, come soak it in on Sunday or now sit in my recliner on Sunday and just soak it in? Or am I going to be an active part of what God is doing through Central Baptist Church? Because he's calling us to be different. He's calling us to change. You know, I know we're going through a lot as a church. We've gone through a lot in the last five years, almost five years. But you know what? God's been faithful through every single part of it. And he's brought us to this point to have an impact on the world. Listen, I'm going to ask the band to come right now. We're coming to a time of response. I'm going to ask everybody to stand, if you would. Uh, As the band comes, today the the response is kind of twofold. If you don't know Jesus, if you don't have a relationship with him, I want you to call our church number right now, 334-298-0923, extension 110. Uh, if you're online, you want to know Jesus, call that number. I've got somebody that's waiting for you that would love to talk to you and share Jesus with you. Greatest decision you could ever make in your life. I can't wait for next week. I'm going to share my testimony as part of the message. Looking forward to that. I also, if you're here, I want to encourage you just to come pray. You can social distance, uh, pray away from each other, come pray at the front pew. Uh, I just I encourage you to respond as the Lord's leading in your heart. Are you all in? Are you, are you ready to do what God has for us? I'm going to pray for us right now. After this prayer, I'm going to be down front. If, if you need to talk or to pray, Uh, I I would love to to do that with you. Let's pray together. Father, as we come to you right now, I ask you, Lord, just to work in our hearts to get us where you desire us to be. And Lord, I... uh, We need you. We are in a world that is desperate for you and they don't even realize it. And so, God, I ask you to move in ways only you can move. And so, Lord, as as we sing this song of praise to you, as we lift up our voices together, I pray, God, that you would move in people's hearts and lives. And we're going to trust you with it and thank you for it. In Christ's name we pray. Thank you for listening to this Central Live podcast. If you'd like more information, visit our website at centrallive.org.